Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 358 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here, March 8th. 2023 some things to talk about today Juan Soto an update on him an update on Joe Musgrove a world baseball classic update and what happened today Padres against the Cincinnati Reds in spring training Will Myers was back at the Peora Sports Complex uh let's start there Julio Tehran Brent Honeywell those two guys were the two first pitchers for the Padres Brent Honeywell three innings two earned runs Four hits allowed, no walks, two strikeouts. It was not his strongest performance, uh, but he still got some swing and misses, so I was encouraged by what I saw from him. And Julio Tehran, he got to around 60 pitches. Just remember, he's going to be pitching for Team Columbia in the World Baseball Classic, and they are playing in the same pool that the United States is playing in. So I think that's Pool C. It's in Phoenix, so that's why Tehran is still with the Padres. He's probably going and joining Team Columbia now, uh, but he made that start today. Four innings of work for him, six hits allowed, three earned runs, no walks, and three punch outs. Um, Tehran was not the strongest. I don't think he looked the strongest today. Uh, 
leaving pitchers over the middle of the plate. I forgot if it was the changeup or if it was the two-seamer, but he just didn't have it, it seemed like, as good as he's had up to this point um, in spring training. Um, he's not going to blow you away with velocity. He has a lot of innings in that arm uh, already at the big league level. Um, so he's not coming at you 97. It's more like 90, 91. Uh, but he has been effective so far, and I think he can continue to be effective. Uh, but it wasn't his strongest start today. I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, but that's just an update on Honeywell and Tehran, how they're doing. Um, I did want to hit on why the Padres might be compelled to keep Honeywell and Tehran on the opening day or put them on the opening day roster. I guess not keep them because they're not on the roster, but put them on the opening day roster. So we know that this starting pitching thing, right, the depth, that's a big storyline of spring training. Who's going to make the roster? Is Musgrove going to be ready to start the year? If not, that adds that opens up another spot. So is it going to be more hone? Is it going to be Chris Matt, Weathers, blah, 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 right? Groom. But Honeywell and Tehran, the Padres, I guarantee they're going to be thinking long and hard about putting both on the roster, I would think. Honeywell, he is exposed to waivers if he's not on the opening day roster. So he'll have to go through waivers before he gets sent to AAA El Paso, let's say, if the Padres don't have him on the opening day roster. And based on the way he's pitching right now, I think a team would take him on. And they take a little bit of that risk, injury risk, and take on Honeywell. It's not an expensive contract, and the talent is there. The upside is there. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, right? Like, that's the question with him. And then Tehran, if he does not make the opening day roster, he can opt out of the contract like a lot of veterans can. He can opt out of the deal and then go sign somewhere else with a team that can give him an opening day roster spot. If he pitches well in spring training, I think another team would be willing to give him an opening day roster spot if the Padres don't give him that. So if the Padres want Julio Tehran still in the organization, they probably have to put him on the opening day roster. If they want Brent Honeywell in the organization, they're going to be thinking long and hard about putting him on the opening day roster. Now, who would that be? Who, who would Honeywell make the roster over? I'm thinking Adrian Morahone. If you look at the bullpen, let's say they go six starters, so it's seven spots in the bullpen. Hayter, Suarez, Garcia, Hill, Steven Wilson, that's five. Chris Matt is six. Uh, did I name Pomerantz? If Pomerantz is going to be ready, then maybe Chris, maybe Honeywell doesn't make the roster and they just go with Pomerantz and Chris Matt over um, Morahone and Honeywell. Both of those guys don't make the opening day roster. Uh, that's if they if they have the six man. Uh, if they don't and it's five, then I think that lends well towards Honeywell making the roster. Um, if the Padres had to choose Morahone or Honeywell to make the opening day roster, I think they'd probably pick Brent Honeywell, just because of he's open to waivers. Like he, another team would probably claim him if he doesn't make the opening day roster, where. Morahone, I believe he still has options, I believe. 
Let me double check that because I don't want to say that he has options and then he actually doesn't. Looking on fan graphs here. It doesn't even have Adrian Morahone projected to be on the opening day roster. It has Jose Lopez. I I'm not even thinking about Jose Lopez, to be honest. He hasn't had that good of a spring, at least from what I've seen. Okay. I'm scrolling down to Morahone. And it's, it says he has two club op, he, he has two minor league options left. So yeah, I think they'd go Honeywell over Morahone. And Tehran, I think it jumps up to like six mil if he makes the roster. So maybe the Padres don't want to give him that, and they just allow him to go to another team. Uh, but with Honeywell, I think they like what they saw or what they're seeing out of Honeywell so far. And even if he doesn't start as the sixth man, he can go multiple innings like he's doing right now. And he has swing and miss stuff. If you watch spring training games, I know it's spring training, but you watch spring training games, you watch highlights from when he was with the Rays, like he gets some whiffs. So I think the Padres like, will like that out of the bullpen if he doesn't make a rotation spot, which I don't expect him to make a rotation spot. I don't expect him to be six starter. Uh, but that's something to keep an eye on. Honeywell, Tehran, Padres, probably going to be thinking long and hard about keeping both of those guys on the roster. I, I would be, I'd probably be a little surprised if at least one of them don't make the opening day roster at this point. Things could change, obviously, with health and all that, but I would think at least one would make the opening day roster. So that's Honeywell and Tehran. Both guys, I don't think were the best today, uh, especially Tehran, but. It's March 8th. They still have time to, you know, get back on track. And I'm, I don't even mean that like as a bad thing, like get back on track. Like it's, it, it was one not amazing outing, but both guys have been pitching pretty dang well so far this spring in Cactus League's, Cactus League games that we've seen. So, um, other updates from today's game Tatis went 0 for 3, didn't make any errors or anything in right field. He's getting comfortable there. Uh, no spring training hit still for Fernando. Is that something to be worried about? No, it's March 8th. He doesn't have to be ready until April 20th. He'll have like 15 rehab games when he's suspended during the season to go play with El Paso. Um, he, he's going to have plenty of at-bats now uh, during the WBC, even after the WBC. You have plenty of at-bats to be ready. So I'm not worried about Fernando at all. I like the at-bats that he's having. Um, and he did have a lot of time off. So it's probably going to take time for him to get back to feeling really good about Major League Pitching. But if you go ask him, like the media, I think Kevin Acey was asking him the other day about him not having a hit so far in spring training. This was after the Dodger game. I think it was on Monday. And he kind of laughed it off. Like, I have uh, 10 at-bats. Like, what are we doing here? He's not worried about it, nor should he. Uh, Jose Zocar had an RBI double today in the sixth. David Dahl, an RBI single in the seventh. So both of those guys continuing to battle for a potential roster spot in the outfield. Uh, David Dahl could be starting on opening day if he makes the roster. 
Adam Engel still has not appeared in a Cactus League game. And if there's a righty on the mound, if it's, who would it be? I think Freeland's a lefty, right? But if, let's say, Herman Marquez is on the mound for the Rockies, I think he's a righty. Let me double check that. Yes, he's a righty. So let's say Herman Marquez is on the mound for the Rockies opening day. David Dahl could be your starting right fielder. With Soto in left, Grish in center, and then Angle on the bench. That's that's where my gut is right now, is Azokar goes to El Paso, and Dixon is the bench outfielder. Or not bench outfielder, excuse me, bench infielder. And the bench outfielder is Angle, Dahl starting on opening day if it's a righty. If it's a lefty, Angle starting on opening day. If Angle's not ready, then they can put him on the IL and have Azokar be there, and that's not a big deal. Like, I think Azokar's a little lesser version of Adam Engel. So we know he can play every outfield position. Most, I mean, he can, he'll fill in there. Uh, he has speed, good defensively. So the Padres would be probably fine with Azokar being on the roster. And he's playing well this spring. Um, and remember last year, there was a good point last year, right? A, a significant amount of time where he was having good at-bats when he was getting playing time because Grish was struggling so much that they they went with the hot hand in center and Azokar got the playing time and he capitalized on that for, what, a week, two weeks? And then when he cooled down, they went back to Grish's. Pretty much the, you know, the, the not just the temporary option, but the, the long-term option, at least for that season. And he's the long-term option now uh, as the starting center fielder he's going to get the playing time he's playing well this spring aggressive the tall batting stance we know what he's going to bring in the field he's already made some good plays in center he made a good play on monday in the gap that the dodgers runner that was going he was on first he he rounded second wasn't even looking at grish in center because he thought that ball was going to get down but grish made the catch so we know what we're going to get out of him in center he's going to be great most of the time there in center and if he He's a 20 home run guy out of the nine spot this year. Sign me up for that. And just don't strike out as much. Get on base more. Be aggressive. And then you have, for the most most of the year, hopefully, Tatis, Soto, Manny, and Bogarts, Crony coming up behind him. I mean, that is hell for opposing pitching staffs, right? Um, Will Myers did want to touch on him for a second. Anyone who knows me knows that I love Will. He's one of my favorite Padres of all time. I grew up with Will. Um, so he played today. I was reading Kevin AC's article out of the Union Tribune before I did this show. And, you know, you know how veteran players, they usually don't go play in the road spring training games. It's usually just the home games unless they like need at bats. Will did not need to be playing today against the Padres in Peoria, but he, I guess he asked the Reds if he could go play in Peoria. And so he was in the Padres batting cages uh, like an hour before the game saying hi to guys. He just wanted to be in Peoria, um, see the fans, see Padres staff. Uh, and I posted a video on Twitter, Instagram, at Talking Friars earlier today of him having high fives, getting high fives from Padres fans as he was walking out of the ballpark after his day was done. By the way, he had two hits, had a hustle hit. Um, in his first at-bat and then had a bullet to center in his second at-bat. Um, 
he was having high fives there, and I was like, well, I'm, I, I have a feeling he's going to have a lot more high fives coming when he comes back in May. Like, he got a good ovation from the Padres fans that were in Peoria today, and that was expected. He is going to get a ballpark standing ovation when it's sold out on May 1st when he comes back. Obviously, we just hope that he's healthy. We hope that Tatis, that's his first real home game, his ho- his first return, uh, because I think the Padres are going to be playing a home game in Mexico, technically a home game, before May 1st. But real home game at Petco, Tatis should be available May 1st. And Myers is coming back that day. That's going to be a huge day in San Diego. So I cannot wait for that. Uh, but it was cool to see Will back on Valley Sports San Diego and Don calling that. Um, I wish Will was on the team, but with that said, I still like the team. I still like where we're at. I, I like David Dahl. I like that addition so far. I know Adam Engel can pro- provide a positive impact to this Padres team when he's healthy. Obviously, I'm fine with Juan Soto. I'm obviously fine with Trent Grisham. I know some aren't, but I'm going to continue to believe in Trent Grisham. It, it's, just, it's there. You know that the talent is there. The upside is there. And he's not going to have the same year that he had last year. It can only get better. Um, I wish that they could have found room for Myers salary-wise, but I understand that they weren't going to go give Myers everything that he wanted. And so he went to the Reds. It's a better-hitting ballpark. He'll probably have put up good numbers there, and he'll get traded to a contender at the deadline. He gets a couple more million dollars in that contract if he is traded. So I hope that he is traded because I don't want him sitting there in Cincinnati all year. Hopefully he gets traded to the Padres. But but then that probably also means that like David Dahl didn't work out or Adam Engel got hurt, didn't work out. But it would be cool to see Will back on the Padres for the postseason run and have him win a ring with the Padres. I know the chances of that are slim, but I'm still going to try to hold out hope. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. So that was pretty much the action Padres-Reds today in Peoria. Doesn't matter what the score was. It's spring training. Devin says, wouldn't be surprised if Will will be trade bait. Yep, I agree. Jay Groom sounds like the def- definitive, excuse me, sixth starter from what I'm hearing from Bomel. Yeah, Bomel's high on him. I would give Jay Groom probably the advantage right now among the other Padres starters. He's going to make his debut this year. I'd be very surprised if he does not see Petco Park at all this year. Uh, Honeywell and Tehran will probably be long relievers if they both make the Major League roster. I think Tehran would be more... Well, he did... He came in after Honeywell today. Yeah, I mean, they, they could. I don't think both will. If both make the roster, I don't think both will be a long reliever. I think one will probably be a six starter, and then the other the other might piggyback that guy or just be a long reliever for someone else. Because if both make that, then is Chris Matt not making the roster? It feels like he's pretty much a guarantee to make the roster right now. Yeah, Profar nearly hit a home run yesterday, Devin. Yeah, for Team Netherlands. He is still not signed. We'll see if he gets signed after the WBC. Yeah, uh, Merrill, he had an amazing play in the in the hole today. That was a great play. 
I think I posted it as a short here on YouTube, and then it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram. So you can go see that there if you missed it, if you weren't watching the game. And then Bogarts, yeah, for Team Netherlands. He was flashing it. Team Netherlands, they got that win last night. That's a good transition. They got the win, 4-2. to two. Bogarts did not get a hit. He struck out, had a couple ground outs to second. But he made some good plays in the field. Running in on balls that were probably going to be base hits uh, because they just weren't hit hard and Bogarts was playing deep, but he still made the play. There was the play to end the game where it was up the middle. He spun and threw. Uh, this is the first time that we kind of got to see Bogarts like athletically play short, right? Because I don't remember him having to make spectacular plays so far in spring training at short for the Padres. I watch Bogarts at shortstop with the Red Sox because I'm a baseball fan. Uh, and by the way, little plug here, Baseball Struck, my baseball YouTube channel, MLB YouTube channel. I encourage you to go subscribe to that daily MLB content there, world baseball content. Uh, if you're just a baseball fan and not just a Padres fan, I encourage you to go over there and check that out uh, after this show is over. Um, but yeah, that was the first time that we saw like Padres fans. If you didn't watch Bogarts with the Red Sox, first time you got to see him in like real competitive games play good shortstop so that was cool uh Hassan Kim for team Korea he is playing tonight that is at 7 p.m 8 p.m Netherlands plays I believe against Panama uh and then Darvish is not pitching next next I was about to say next morning uh well, I could say next morning tomorrow morning uh that game starts at 2 a.m Japan Otani's going to be on the mound I don't know when Darvish pitches. I assume the second game that Japan plays. I don't know off the top of my head when that is. Uh, but those are the upcoming games. Team USA, they're playing in a scrimmage exhibition game against the Giants tonight. They play the Angels tomorrow. Team Canada was playing the Cubs earlier today in exhibition games. Nick Martinez, again, if you missed it yesterday, uh, he is scheduled, I believe, to start game two for the United States, which is on Sunday against Mexico. That game is sold out. I'm trying to look here, Japan's second game. Looks like their second game is against Korea because they play China tomorrow morning at 2 a.m. And then at 2 a.m. again, but that is on Friday, Friday morning for us, 2 a.m., Probably Darvish against Korea. So Darvish against Kim. That would be cool to see. I might wake up for that. Yeah, call me nuts, whatever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. I wanted to get to. The Juan Soto update, the Joe Musgrove updates here in a second. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. The update on Juan Soto today from Peoria, Bob Melvin is pretty much saying that Soto's on track to go play for W play in the WBC for the DR leave on Friday. Like the plan today, he was sprinting. He was doing some outfield work, running first to third sprinting that videos up, I believe on 97, three, the fans, Twitter accounts, or Twitter account, uh, Sammy Levitt was doing that. So, um, great job out of him getting some coverage there of Soto. Uh, here is Bowmel on the Soto situation. This was earlier today. Yeah, just increase the progression. And then tomorrow, I think, hopefully he's going to play in. We have a B game here with Cleveland. If he plays in that, hopefully we can get him cleared and um, optimistic for potentially getting him on the road Friday. Do you have any more clarity or like a plan that you guys have asked like hey maybe he doesn't play nine innings or if he's go he's go i if he goes he goes it, it could be a dh too i talked to nelson a little bit last night too so he was trying to get kind of get stock of where we were and how he was doing i know he was going to talk to aj as well so um you know the the plan is to get him out in the field and let him play and and hopefully he can play in the field but i think the backup plan would probably be dh all right, so there's Bowmill. So if he goes to the WBC, he's going to play the field. That's what it seems like. But he could DH some games, maybe some pool play games he DHs because they don't need him to be playing the field. Um, so we'll see. It's positive. It's positive, right? Like, I don't want, like I said earlier this week, I'd prefer Soto not play in the WBC, but all signs are pointing to him playing. And he's saying he's 100%. Like, he was, if you saw the videos today from him running the bases, like, he's running hard. He's not jogging or anything. Seems like he's doing it 100%. And I think that's what today was, was base running, running hard, sprinting, making sure that he can do that. Then he'll wake up tomorrow, see how he feels, play that, uh, that game at Peoria Stadium, Shane Bieber on the mound for the Guardians. Game is not on television. I don't even think it's on a webcast, so that's another failure from Major League Baseball. Um, but, you know, because we'd love to see Shane Bieber against Juan Soto, wouldn't we? But guess not. Uh, but it's I guess it's just on the radio, MLB.com. Um, so he plays in that. If everything goes well there, then he should leave Friday for the WBC and then be ready to go and play in DR's first game on Saturday. So that's the update there on Soto. Good, good update there. Uh, and then with Joe Musgrove, I was pleasantly surprised to see this today. There was video of him 
in right field on one of the fields, probably field one, uh, playing some catch with like an athletic trainer. The pitching coaches were there watching as well. And he is out of his, like, what was it? The pad, the padded shoe that he was wearing or the padded slides he was wearing, something. And he's in a shoe now. And so he was not like doing a pitching motion. So like he wasn't landing on that left foot, that left toe. The left foot was flat on the outfield grass, but he has started throwing, not just doing the 150 weighted ball throws anymore like he was doing. But he, he might still be doing that because it's Joe. He works his butt off, but he is now throwing on the field. So that is great news. That's pretty much the update on Musgrove. He's According to Kevin Acey, he is out of his protective shoe, and he's now, it looks like he's wearing just the regular, his regular shoes. I don't know if he's in cleats, but that doesn't matter. He's wearing regular shoes. Um, what else was it? Oh, the timeline. I wanted to get to the timeline. I, I totally forgot what I was about to say. Um, so when he had that injury, when was that injury? Was it the 27th? It was last Monday, right? It feels like it happened such a long time ago, but I don't think it did. So two weeks from now, that's what it was supposed to be, right? Two weeks without, maybe two weeks without getting on a mound, or maybe it was two weeks without throwing on the field, and he's just accelerated that because he's doing four hours of hyperbaric chamber work to accelerate recovery a little bit, right? Uh, working out, the rehab in Peoria, driving back, doing more hyperbaric chamber work, uh, laying there for a couple hours. I mean, so he's working his butt off. So maybe the timeline has moved up like half a week here, which would be good. And I'm, I'm going to sit here and say the same thing that I did I think a few days ago, like I'm not going to count out Joe to make his first start. Now, I'm not saying his first scheduled start, like on opening day or the second game of the season, like he would have done probably if he was healthy. But I'm talking about the first time through the rotation, six man rotation. I'm not counting him starting the sixth game of the season. Maximize the rest, but he doesn't want to miss a start. He doesn't want to miss any turn around the rotation. He's fine with him starting this. He's fine with starting the sixth game if it's not the first, the second game, which he probably understands it's probably not going to be that. Um, but I'm not going to count him out with all the work that he's putting in. Definitely not going to be, I, I'm not going to sit here and be the one saying, no, Joe, he's not going to start his first start. Maybe closer to the, to the season when we start hearing some reports or because Musgrove's usually pretty truthful with the media too uh, and has realistic expectations. So when we hear more about this and his progression, how many innings is he throwing in these Cactus League games, how many Cactus League games does he get, then I'll maybe change my mind or I'll just stick with the same viewpoint. Like, no, I don't think he's going to miss a start. Kevin Acey did say in the Union Tribune today that um, he is Musgrove. He is expected to still miss his first start, but... Musgrove still wants to make the first start. So we'll see what happens there. But it's another, it's a positive update, positive Soto update. He's running the bases. He's going to be playing in the game, in the, the game the Padres have tomorrow against Cleveland. 
And then Musgrove, he is out of the protective shoe, and he's throwing on the field. Don't know when he's going to get on a mound, but I'm just happy that he's throwing on the field. I think he's probably, I think he's a little ahead of schedule on throwing, getting back to throwing on the field. So that's all good. Devin asks, is Soto fast? What's his speed? Um, I don't think he's the fastest runner, but he's athletic. I don't know what his speed is. Uh, Devin asks, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, this is one of the Padres' question of the days again. Man, I'd probably say chocolate chip cookie dough. Can't go wrong with that. Add some Reese's peanut butter cup in there. Irie says, I'm rooting for Myers about every time unless it's a playoff game against us and we know the Reds ain't making it to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not making it to the playoffs. They're going to be having a bunch of those ping pong balls for the draft lottery. That's what that's going to happen with that team. Did you guys, I don't know if you guys were watching the game today. If you weren't, the clip is up. I think I put it up on I know I put it up on Twitter at Talking Friars, and then I think I put it up on Baseball Struck, my baseball YouTube channel, as a short. So you can check it out there if you want. Um, the Reds, Myers was playing in right. He was going to come in on a ball, but he, he wanted to avoid the collision, so he slid. The ball dropped in between him and the first baseman. I think it was, I think it was the first baseman who picked it up and threw the ball to no one. There was no one covering home. And he airmailed like the pitcher or the first baseman, whoever was the like cutoff man, I guess, whoever was playing near first base position there. And he threw it to no one. The catcher was not standing at home plate. So that was really weird, but that's a Reds play. The catcher dropped a pop up today. I know that's not all the best Reds players, but that's what the Reds are going to be this year. And that's what they deserve. I mean, they're not trying to win at the big league level. They have their president, CEO or whatever, uh, saying that, you know, presenting to Reds fans earlier in the offseason that we don't have a chance to make the playoffs. We're already eliminated by opening day. Because he, he just showed the fan graphs, like, playoff projections. And it's like, yeah, you're eliminated. Well, one, you're not eliminated, actually. Like, if you play really well, you can make the playoffs. But I get what he's saying. Yeah, you're eliminated by opening day because of the moves that your club made or the moves that your club doesn't make. They don't spend money. And then saying that you operate the franchise as, what what do you say? Operated it as like a, a non-profit? Like, come on, dude. You know you're bringing in a ton of money and you're not investing all of that money back into the team. There's some clubs that just don't care about winning as much as Peter Seidler does. And so, again, super, super fortunate, excuse me, to have Peter Seidler as the chairman of this team, to have A.J. Preller, a guy that loves making moves, eats, sleeps, breathes baseball, always isn't trying to improve this team. Having him as the president of baseball operations, the GM, we're very fortunate. I was looking at, I think it was a chart, I think, in the Union Tribune the other day. And 2019, the Padres were, I think, 24th in payroll in baseball. Fast forward to this year, 2023, 
They're fourth in payroll. Behind the, the Mets, the, the Yankees, and then I think there's, and the Phillies. I think those are the three teams in front of the Padres. A lot of things have changed in that time. Ron Fowler, you know, handing the full ownership over to Peter, not full, but the majority ownership to Peter. That was a big part, right? We would not be right here if, if Ron was still the majority owner. No disrespect to him. He's done a lot of good things for San Diego, and I appreciate that, but he was not the one that was freewheeling and dealing, spending a ton of money on players. I don't think he would have gone all in if he was still the majority owner like Peter has. But we don't have to worry about that because Ron's not the majority owner, right? Yeah, Devin, good point. 2010, Padres payroll was only $38 million. Now it's over 270 Yeah. They went from, like, not being able to pay Agon, not being able to pay Chase Headley, right? And now they're given a second huge deal to Manny Machado. Having Josh Hader, Juan Soto, being in on Shohei Otani next offseason. The Tatis extension, 280 to Bogarts, 100 to Musgrove, over 100 to Darvish, over 40 to Suarez. I mean, it's great. If you want to win, you can win. or You can improve your chances of winning by spending money. Some owners say they want to win, but they just don't back it up, right? Peter does. Uh, by the way, I did want to mention here, episode 357, this is 358, 357, I put out earlier today my interview with Manny Machado's trainer, Nick Soto. He's super busy. I've been trying to get him on the show for months and finally got it done today. Uh, had him on last offseason to talk about Manny's preparation for last season. And he had an MVP caliber year. Should have won the MVP. It worked, so I figured on have him have him on again this offseason. And so go check that out. It's available on the podcast platforms. It's available on YouTube here. Uh, a conversation with Nick Soto, Manny's trainer, talking about just Manny, his preparation for this coming season, his nutrition, how he takes care of his body, his commitment to winning. Um, his desire to stay in San Diego. I asked Nick about uh, if Manny ever gave him clues before he got to spring training about if he wanted to stay in San Diego or not, like if he knew he wanted to stay in San Diego or if he was just saying that publicly to say that. Uh, so Nick talked about that. Who is Nick going to be rooting for in the WBC? Is it Manny, Team DR, or is it Team USA? Uh, talked a little bit about Nick Martinez as well, his work ethic. Um, a lot of stuff that we hit on. Short period of time. It's only like 20 minutes. So it's not like a long hour interview or anything like that. So I definitely encourage you to go check that out. When you have a spare 20 minutes, you're riding home or driving to work or working out or watching the WBC and you don't want to listen to the commentators, whatever. I'd appreciate if you go tune into that. Um, I wanted to get to some other mainly one other San Diego sports topic today, and that is San Diego State. And again, if you're new here, new to the show, YouTube, podcast platforms, wherever, I appreciate you tuning in. 
a couple weeks ago, I started, I changed up the format here, not to just Padres. It's the majority of the show is still Padres. Like that's what it is. It's always going to be that. But at the end, I am implementing talking about some other standing of sports because I think that they are uh, not covered. I don't want to say they're covered poorly. I just I want more attention on the other San Diego sports. Padres obviously have a lot of attention, but I want to have some more attention here on YouTube and podcast platforms to other San Diego sports um, as well. So San Diego State, they know who they're playing in men's basketball in the conference tournament starting tomorrow at noon. They're playing Colorado State. Uh, Colorado State was able to knock off Fresno today. I believe that game was close. Let me double check the the score. I was not watching this game because I had the Manny Machado trainer interview, Nick Soto. I was watching the Padres game. Uh, 67-65, Colorado State won uh, over Fresno State. Both teams had losing records on the year. San Diego State should be winning that game tomorrow. Uh, I expect them. My expectation is for them to at least get to the final. Um, there, there's going to be tough games in this tournament. We know that, but my expectation is for them to win the tournament, but just because I know how talented the team is, but I'm not going to be like pissed off if they lose the tournament, because I know that all it takes is one team getting super hot for a weekend, right? It's not this conference tournament, especially when San Diego state's already going to be in the NCAA tournament. It's not as important as the regular season conference tournament was right. That's a months long thing. You work so hard. You have to be good, really good for a long period of time, not just a few games, you know, this weekend. Right. But obviously San Diego state uh, fans, they're going to expect for the Aztecs to probably win the tournament this weekend. And I have that same expectation. If they don't, it's not the end of the world. If they make it to the final, they'll probably still be a five seed. If they lose tomorrow, like in the, I think tomorrow's the quarterfinal because they had the bye, they will probably fall to a six because losing to Colorado State, that's not great for the resume. Uh, but they still have a strong resume. I mean, they were what, 24 and six in the season? So that is at noon. If you were going to tune into that, I don't know. It's probably on CBS Sports, I would think. So I'll have my reaction to that tomorrow. Getting back to the Padres here, Amazing Baseball. Devin says, we don't need owners like Dick Monfort and the Reds owner. Yeah, I agree. And throw in the Orioles there, throw in the A's. Guys that view it only as a business. They don't care about winning. Um. Ira here, Ben, if you had to pick, what is your top three biggest fears for the Padres this year? Uh, as a team? Because there's specific players, like this player, certain player not living up to standard or not living up to expectations. Um, I mean, my, my big fears, Fernando, like obviously injuries as a whole, but if, if really it comes down to injuries. I don't think the team, obviously underperforming and not meeting expectations is a fear, but sitting here right now, I'm not fear, 
fearful of that. Like, I think this team is a playoff team, and they got to be playing good baseball at that time, right? After the regular season happens, it doesn't matter what happened then. They got to be playing good baseball, better baseball than every other team in October then, right? So I care about the Padres just making the postseason. That's all that matters. Make the postseason and be the best team when October comes, right? And they almost were able to do that last year. They they were the best team um, in that Dodgers series, the Mets series, right? They were clicking. So that's what we need from them. Uh, but if I, you know, my three biggest fears, they all surround injuries, really. Um, I guess I could throw in the rotation, like the back end, like what if Nick Martinez, Michael Walker, they stink this year, and then there's more question marks at the back end. How are they going to fill those innings? You know, but injuries in the rotation, like this Musgrove thing, is it going to linger? Is Darvish going to be healthy all year? Because the Padres, they got fortunate last year, right? Where Snell, Darvish, Musgrove, they were all healthy down the stretch. And Musgrove and Darvish were healthy pretty much all year, from what I remember. Um, so it's health in the rotation. That's a fear of mine. Um, I would say it's Tatis's health because they're a much better team with Tatis obviously healthy. And who knows if Tatis would have been on the field last year. I know part of it was health, but part of it was the dumb decision. Um, obviously, in the postseason, it was about the dumb decision. That's why he wasn't playing. If he's if he was on the field last year, who knows? Maybe they would have won the whole dang thing, right? Or they would have at least maybe won the NL or gotten the series back to Petco for game six and seven. Who knows, right? So Tatis's health, starting rotations health. Uh, I would say I'm confident Hader and Suarez will be able to be the Hader and Suarez we saw at the end of the season last year. But that still is a fear. Hader, Suarez, can they repeat what they did last year, second half last year? More like September, October last year. Can they repeat that? I'm not expecting them to do that all year last year, or excuse me, all year for 2023. But can they do that when it matters most? I guess that's a fear in the back of my head. Hater maybe getting hurt. Um, Snell, I already talked about starting pitching health. That I guess those are my my fears. Just right out of the gate. Just immediately when I think about it. I could I could say Manny injury, Soto injury, Soto not performing up to expectations this year, having another year like he had last year, which it wasn't terrible. It was just bad for his expectations or the expectations that were on him coming to the Padres. So hopefully that answered your question well. Uh, it's your boy asks, you going to watch the WBC? Of course. I watched yesterday. Stayed up till, when did that game end? Like past 11, Netherlands, watched all that game. Man, the pitch clock, I appreciate the pitch clock even more, you know, because I got used to the pitch clock watching the spring training games. And now that there's no pitch clock, it's like, man, these games are moving pretty dang slow. And I know these games matter, so I'm not, I don't want to complain about it. But I kind of am. I'll probably be fine with no pitch clock when Team USA is playing. Uh, but those late at night games, when there's no pitch clock, 
and a lot of the names you've never heard of, it's like, man, I wish the clock was here. So I do appreciate the pitch clock. And I think people that are anti-pitch clock, I think if you watch this whole tournament, you'll probably be a little more on the pitch clock side. Again, it's not like the game is totally changing. Like, oh, it's seven innings instead of nine. Like, they're still playing all the innings. And if strikes are on batters, it's the batter's fault. If balls are on pitchers, that's the pitcher's fault. They know the rules. They got to, what is the word? Abide? Is that a word? Abide by them? They've got to follow the rules, right? So, yeah, I'll rock, I'm going to be watching Hassan Kim tonight, Team Korea, 7 p.m. I'll be watching Xander with Netherlands a little bit. I don't know if I'll get up to watch Otani with Team Japan, but I might just because it's in Tokyo, Otani on the mound. Like, he is a god in Japan. He's kind of a god here, but it's another level. There's no one more popular than Shohei is in Japan, in America, in Major League Baseball. Like, who are the popular players? It's not close to what Shohei is in Japan, right? And Darvish is obviously loved in Japan as well. He's like a god in Japan, but it's on, it feels like it's on another level for Otani than it is for Darvish. And maybe it's because Otani was, has been, he played in Japan more recently than Darvish. I don't know. Or he's just a better overall talent because he, he pitches and he hits, right? He, he does stuff that we've never seen before with our own, or never stuff I've never seen before with my own eyes. I wasn't alive to watch Babe Ruth in 1930. So maybe I'll get up then. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I love the WBC. It's been a long wait. Six years is a long time waiting for this. So yeah, I'm rooting for Team USA. I'll be rooting for Team DR when they're not playing Team USA. I'll be rooting for Korea when they're not playing. They don't, as long as they don't play Team USA. Uh, but yeah, Team USA is definitely my team. I know some Padres fans are DR, but I'm going USA. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 358. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on the podcast platforms or on YouTube live or on replay. Again, check out episode 357, my interview with Manny Machado's trainer, Nick Soto. It was a great conversation. I appreciate you for checking that out if you do. And thanks for tuning in. See everybody. Go Padres.